You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, the goal for today is to talk about the games for today, the Sunday games and the implications and whatnot. I also do want to go through some uh, playoff slash potentially winning the division situation type stuff. Kind of talked about uh, doing that a little bit more on Packing It After Dark, and I'm going to follow through. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and do it. So we'll play around with different uh, scenarios and whatnot. Um, other things on the agenda. I think what I want to start. Well, see if I was smart, I wouldn't have said that. Here's how. Here's how you do it. You say I want to end with some calls. Blah blah blah. Some other stuff we're going to talk about. But what I want to start with today. That's how you do it if you're slick. I want to talk about this whole Jair thing, and it's it's not necessarily super unusual. I've seen this happen with a few other people where, and I've, I mean, I've, I've told you about it pretty much every time I see it, because I have a daily podcast, and that's what I do. I tell you about things that I think. But there just seems to be this growing thing that happens, and I'm, I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. And the Jair thing has absolutely reached a fever pitch, and I, I've, I've mentioned this before, like I... I even prior to his comments at his locker where he wore like a championship belt because that's who he, the guy's kind of a goofball. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it makes people mad that it's like, Oh, he needs to back up his, his talk. Like he's joking around. (laughs) He's, he's, he doesn't take things seriously. Maybe it's people that take things seriously all the time that just don't get it. But the guy's just joking around. He's having fun. He's trying to do something lighthearted for something that's super serious. He doesn't want to go there and be like, yeah, you know, we really got to gotta be serious. We got to take care of business. You know, we got we to gotta really run a top. We got to gotta car. He doesn't, it's, it's stupid. He doesn't want to participate in that crap. It's boring and it's whatever. So he kind of mocks the whole process. So he says things like, I'm going to lie to you guys when you ask me questions. And then he gets his championship belts on and he says, let the lying begin. He's goofing around. It's a shtick. He's having fun. And apparently everybody's pissed. So for those that don't know, I just want to play this for you. This is, this is the audio of Jair Alexander 
at his locker. This is what has people just absolutely furious with Jair Alexander. Here is, as far as I know, this this is what has set people off. And again, that he here's the thing. I don't think that this video necessarily set people off. I think everybody has been really angry with Jair. I, I know because I've been hearing it. Slight little rumblings and discussion where I'm just sitting here going, what are you talking about? Everybody wants to trade away Jair. Like, we should move on from Jair. Like, he's not that... Like, what do you... What, what, there's, there's this weird narrative, for example, that Carrington Valentine's as good as Jair. And I know because Jair went out and Carrington came in and our defense is better. Like, that's that's... There is a massive amount of information massive, uh, missing in there to be able to make that kind of a gigantic leap. But it's just it's stuff like that that keeps happening that I'm like what is going on? But this was this was it. This was the excuse that everybody needed to just get all the way off the Jair Alexander bandwagon. A little bit of swag. So if you're gonna lie, are you playing on Monday? I don't know. Let's see. No. Jair, is it anything other than the shoulder keeping you out? Nope. So it's strictly a true. Strictly shoulder. Yeah. You want to play? Oh yeah. Now. Have you ever had a shoulder injury in this bad? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have one. It's like the same one from 2021. Pretty much. It's just a lot. All right, so just to be clear, he puts on some fake championship belts. They said, what are you wearing? And he says, just some swag. Again, he's goofing around. He's just, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he reminds me of me in college. Like, I used to do crap like this all the time. Just wear complete nonsense. I had, like, a kamikaze headband I'd wear around just because. Give a crap. Like, I'd I'd do whatever I want. And then they said, um, they asked him about his injury and said, is there anything else keeping you out? Or is it just the injury? He said, it's the injury. Okay, do you want to play? Yes, a thousand percent, I want to play. Then they ask him, (laughs) again, you can tell there's something going on because of the questions they're asking. What, first of all, why are you even asking these questions? Is there something else going on, or is it just the injury? What, what are you alluding to? Why are you asking that question? Here, here is, after he already answered the question, here they are asking again, basically trying to get him to say, no, I just played because I didn't feel like it. Nah, big dog. You know, if I'm able to play, then I'm going to play. So, I missed it, but the question was, do you think you were good enough to play last week? Why would you ask that? Why are you asking, do you think you were okay to play last week? And then he has to explain, no. And you wonder why he doesn't want to do these press conferences and he he mocks them. Because they're going to, he has to go up there and be a professional while people are asking him, if maybe he's faking his injury and he's actually okay to play and is just choosing not to. And he's just sitting there with a smile on his face answering these questions seriously. I would look at him dead in his face and say, F you. And the only thing I could think is this is the one that set everybody off. I don't know, but I'll, I'll play this and then we'll, we'll move on to some of the reactions. Jair, do you feel any... 
I know it's you know you can't control getting injured when you die for an interception, but you're the highest paid cornerback in NFL history. You make twenty one million dollars a year. Do you feel pressure to be on the field? Uh, I mean, there's always pressure. There's always pressure. You know, but uh, you know, I think uh, you know, I just I'm the type of person I always want to put my best foot forward. You know, so. I feel like if I can't put my best foot forward, then it's just tough to be even be out there. You feel so. I think I have to assume people are reading into that and saying that he has the option to be back, but he's thinking that he's not fully back, and so he's deciding not to play. Couple issues with that. The first one that I would want to point out is he already addressed that directly and said that that's not the case. That's sort of the biggest hurdle that I have with that theory. Second is that thing that happens when you answer a question and you don't exactly say it quite perfectly and everybody tries to read too much into it, which I think is exactly what's happening right here. And then I I suppose the third would be that it's just a stupid freaking question to begin with. And it really just goes into what the fan base is thinking, which, which drives me nuts, which is this apparent idea that you should feel some level of guilt or shame because you get paid a lot of money and you shouldn't be allowed to be hurt. Everybody on this team, by the way, that has had injury issues has been attacked for it, and I think it's freaking bullcrap. Christian Watson has been crucified for this by this fan base for injuries. Aaron Jones needs to go because of the injuries. David Bakhtiari needs to go because of the injury. And by the way, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with with making a business decision. I disagree with having a level of disrespect toward a person's play because they're injured. They're not good enough because... Do you understand how many people around the NFL are injured right now? All of them. Everybody's hurt all the time. It's the freaking NFL. Who hasn't been hurt? Everybody's been hurt. Everybody deals with injuries. What a... What a... What a... <sighs> the, the entire line of questioning is so annoying that they went out and grabbed Jair Alexander and aside from a couple questions... I don't know who the female reporter is that's talking. She seems to be the only one that wants to ask legitimate questions about the upcoming opponents and those kinds of things. Every other question has been about whether or not he's he's being soft, he's not trying, he doesn't care enough. And what do you think he's going to say anyways? Like, yeah, I just don't really want to be here. You caught me, you got me, and I figured I'd say it out loud. Well done. You're a great, great reporter, great journalist. I just, I don't understand. And, and... It's it's not even it's not even that it might not be it, maybe it is true I don't know I just don't know where this is coming from maybe it's true about Aaron Jones you ever think about that maybe Aaron Jones is faking it maybe Stokes is is faking it a little bit I mean he had a pretty brutal injury but he could have been back what's taking him so long didn't he re-injure something you got something else hurt maybe he kind of likes sitting down getting paid I mean since we're just making stuff up what about Bakhtiari? What's going on with that guy? I thought, how many surgeries does a guy need? I mean, there's already rumors that Aaron Rodgers' uh, injury was faked, which is obviously stupid because you can see his freaking tendon snapping. But who knows? Maybe Rodgers and Bakhtiari both faked their injuries so that they can get paid to go out and vacation and hang out and have fun together. And then Rodgers can have this whole fake comeback thing. Like, oh, I told you I could do it in record time, even though I faked it. (laughs) I just don't know why Jair is the one getting the scrutiny. Everybody's been injured. Every single person on this team that has been here for multiple years has faced some level of injury. Why is Jair the one getting scrutinized for for essentially not wanting to be here? 
and not trying because he's been out a couple games. Here is um, Gary Ellerson and uh, Homer talking about this issue. I also said earlier this week, I don't believe Jair will ever play it again for the Green Bay Packers. Do you want to talk Jair? Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say. I mean, listen, if you really think it's true, go ahead and put your stamp on it. Right? I mean, let's let's just lean into it. He's never going to play here again. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I like it because we'll get to the bottom of it pretty quick here. You want to take a break and then talk to you? Okay. We got we, Fat Jack coming up next. Oh, that's right. So we can't talk. Oh, we got to we got to do before Fat Jack. Third quarter. You want to go now? Now a tease. Give me a little something because I'm think I think he's done. I think they're going to trade know. him. I don't think he wants to be around. I don't think he believes in the staff. The latter, I don't think. Wants to be around. Yeah. Feels that's what it feels like to me. Right, and they don't need him to stay around. Move on. Yes. I'm good with that. And he, here's what I'll say: If they're right, if all the fans are right, he doesn't want to be here. He hates it here, all that stuff. He's got bad energy, bad juju, bad vibes, whatever you want to call it. I don't necessarily disagree. No, I, I, I don't necessarily agree either. It's, it's a big question to ask about, you know, trading away a legit starting corner. I, I, I hesitate to use too strong a language because we got to be specific here. He is a legit starting corner, which is not debatable. The idea that he's been bad is so stupid. Because everybody's so spoiled. He was, he was an elite corner, and then he's not elite anymore, and it's like, well, now he sucks. No, he doesn't suck. Well, he gave up that pa- Everybody, that freaking Darrell Revis gave up passes. Richard Sherman missed tackles. I don't give a crap. I don't mind speculating, and, and, and like because I do this stuff sometimes where it's like, it seems like he doesn't really want to be here. He seems disinterested. He seems like he doesn't like it here. And if that's the case... Maybe we need to have a conversation about moving on from Jair, which is going to be complicated because we just paid him, which, in my opinion, kind of throws a wrench in the whole thing to begin with because this wouldn't have been a thing that just happened overnight. This is a thing that would have taken place for quite a while now, so why did we just pay him? And if we did just pay him, then obviously it isn't bothering us that much, so we probably are not going to trade him, right? Again, this is my thought process. This this isn't really backing up this conspiracy theory that seemingly is coming out of nowhere anyways. And by the way, I understand looking at that press conference and saying this is a guy that seems disinterested. Yes, he's disinterested in the media. That has nothing to do with how he interacts with the players outside of that or the coaching staff or how he treats other guys. I mean, does anybody want to talk about the clip where he talked about Carrington Valentine? That dude playing with some swag, man. He, yeah, he, you know, he's going to be one of the next best corners in the league. So got some swag to him. I tell him the only reason why he didn't go higher in the draft is because he went to Kentucky. <laughs> so that's it, really. I mean, now he's here, and now is an even playing field. So I don't know if it's just his personality is being misconstrued as somebody that just seems like he hates it here, he doesn't want to be here. Because I, I could see where you could kind of see that in the press conference. I just think he genuinely is, first of all, uncomfortable. I, I think... If, if if I'm interpreting, which which we're we're now getting into interpreting body language discussions, which is a waste of everybody's time, but since that's what we're going to be doing here, he seems like he's putting on a front that he's kind of Mister Cool and all that kind of stuff. And in reality, and I think sunglasses go. A lot of comedians and and artists wear sunglasses because they're really uh, uncomfortable. Not saying that's specifically what he's doing. He seems genuinely nervous and uncomfortable being in front of the media. That's number one. Number two, I don't think he does like it. And I do think he's kind of annoyed at 
you know, these guys coming up and pretending to be your best friend and they got these big fake smiles on their face while they ask you these BS questions so that they can go write articles about what a piece of crap you are. And he's supposed to just play along with that. And he doesn't seem to super care for that a ton. And gee golly, I, I don't know if I would either. And you know what? Razul Douglas didn't really like it. And you know what? Maybe you can look at that as, hey, they traded Razul. Razul and Jair both got that same thing. And maybe that's just a sign that they're not going to put it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it has more to do with a culture of guys that all do kind of get along together. And maybe when they get together and they talk, they, they agree that they don't really like the media very much. They don't like the way that they're treated by the media. That has nothing to do with how he acts, how he prepares, how he plays, how he interacts with his coaches, with his with his teammates. Five seconds ago, we're talking about how we love his energy and wish that everybody had his energy and his swag on the field. Now his energy and his swag apparently is a problem. Team went from being too soft to too loud. What, what the heck do you freaking want? I want the guys that want to be here that want to play here. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because what you're getting is you're getting the Rodgers effect, you're getting the back TR effect, and now Jair is falling suit. Yeah. So they need to figure out how to move him if he doesn't want to be here. Give me Valentine and Valentine. If you don't want them guys. And again, the Valentine Valentine thing is is overhyped. The idea that Valentine had a had a couple good games, Valentine had a couple good games, which if you're a corner, a couple good games means like you didn't get thrown at a ton. Um the idea that Valentine and Jair are interchangeable is psychotic to me. This would be like if Sean Clifford came in for a game, kind of like uh, Matt Flynn did. Matt Flynn came in for a game and and they led that giant comeback against like the Lions and then deciding that Matt Flynn and Aaron Rodgers were basically the same guy. And if Rodgers starts to lip off, we should just trade him because he's not worth it and we should just keep Matt Flynn. It's freaking psychotic. I really hope Valentine can be a heck of a player considering his draft status as a seventh round pick. I do. And Ballantyne is an undrafted free agent. But to have expectations, or not even expectations, to believe that already today there's no gap between Valentine and Jair just boggles the freaking mind. Do you know what Jair's grades prior to this year, where he's been injured most of the year, have been? 72, 72, 91, 73, and 80. So he was good, good, elite, good, great. That's Jair. This year he's at a 65, which is not great. But he played two weeks where he was he was really good week one. It was down week two, and then he was injured. He comes back from injury week five, 63 grade, but he's probably still injured, and then he goes out again. Comes back week eight, not a very good game. He's freaking injured. He's hurt. And then week nine against LA, he has a 75 PFF grade, 73.2. Did that while still being injured. And then he goes out. The guy is battling back. He plays when he can. He's fighting through injury all year to try to maintain a level that he's been for five years. Five freaking years this guy has been a very good corner for the Green Bay Packers. One year he gets hurt and asks for us to get his back. You know what? He's hurt. After five years, you can have a year of being injured. And yes, he's had a couple injuries here and there throughout. But can we get the guys back? Can we cover him for a year and say, you know what? He's having a quote-unquote down year, which really is just, he's, he's injured this year. It happens. It happened to Rashawn. We're not crapping all over him. He'll be back, and when he is, every indication should tell you that he'll be a very good corner for the Green Bay Packers. Will he ever be a number one? Probably not. I've told you numerous times, there are many, many guys who have like that one year where they blow up, and it's just kind of that one peak year. But do you know where he ranked last year? The ninth best corner in football. What the F do you want?
What do you want? Well, what is he this year? Hurt! That's what he is this year. He's hurt. Do you know what his, his coverage grade was where he ranked in coverage? Fourth. We talk about how elite Sauce Gardner was. He was three spots behind Sauce. And by the way, he's still the highest graded corner on this team. Even on a, even on a terrible, terrible year for Jair, he is the highest graded corner that we have on this team. So I, I just don't know why we have to trade him away. And again, like this happens all the time where it's, it's always like, do you think we should, tra- you know, trade away Rashawn, which was a big thing for a long time. Trade Rashawn, trade Rashawn. Do you think we should trade? And a lot of it was like, because, you know, the cap is such a mess and we're not going to be able to afford them or whatever. But like, I keep hearing these things and I mostly brush it off, but it's like, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then it starts happening with Jair and it's like, it's not going to happen. Not, but then it becomes like this anti-Jair thing. I just, I, it, it, it just, it, it's like this weird version of gossip where like, if you're not in the room, people start talking bad about you. If you're not on the field making plays, people just start to hate you. And it's so weird that the default is to just remember things poorly. Like the last thing I remember from Jair is bad stuff. So I don't like, and maybe it's because I have a bad memory and I don't remember the horrible plays that people are remembering. I mean, against Minnesota, seven targets, six receptions, 64 yards and a touchdown. Maybe that's what people remember. I mean, against LA, it was six receptions, 64 yards and no touchdowns with three pass breakups. I can't really imagine, even though that was the most recent game, I can't imagine that's what people are thinking about and going, this guy's garbage, get him off my team. And again, with, with the whole attitude thing, I, I don't mind having some kind of a discussion about like if things are bad, but how about instead of our first reaction being, hey, you know, he seems unhappy, let's trade him. How about, you know, because here's the thing. It wasn't that long ago we were worried about this locker room this year and how things were headed south. And then we started winning games and suddenly it's the best locker room we've ever seen. Maybe when Jair gets back into the groove and he starts playing, and he's in with these guys. It's not like he's 40 years old and it's like Rodgers where it's like, oh, no, he's 40. He can never get in with, which is stupid to begin with. But like he's, he's, he's like the same age as these guys. They're all the same age. They're all very motivated. Jair has always been very motivated. I just, I don't, I don't understand this. I just want to grab, let him grab. Hey, you, you're winning ball games. Let's figure out what Eric Stokes is. You spent the first round draft pick on yeah, this young man. Let's figure out what he is. He's gone too. I- he's gone too. Oh, boy. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading as well as just getting excited 
about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, I I don't know much about Homer. I I say that every time. I really don't. But let's just say I get the impression the guy's been around a long time. And I'm sure he is due respect for his journalistic career or radio career, whatever you want to call it. And Gary Ellerson obviously has, um, uh, you know, a, a track or track record that is worthy of respect given, you know, being a player for Badgers, Packers, whatever. But man, I'm, you know, I'm listening to this and it's just like, this is just, and I, I, I consider myself just a fan. I'm, I'm not at a higher echelon as far as anybody else, but you know, you kind of expect if you've been doing this for a long time and you do it daily that you have more well thought out thoughts on things. And all I'm hearing is just like the most like this is this sounds like a Twitter troll. Trey Jair and then yeah, and Gary Ellerson comes in, he's like, Yeah, you know, we gotta see what Stokes can do, et cetera, et cetera. Oh yeah, he's gone too. Trade him too. What? Why are we trading Stokes? I don't understand why we're trading Stokes. What did Stokes do wrong? Well, he's been hurt this whole time. Okay, he had a good rookie year, then he got hurt, and that's it. It was a brutal injury, and we're waiting for him to come back and hoping that he can continue being a very good corner. And by the way, if Jair can get back to what he was in just 2022, I'm not even saying what he was in uh, in 2020. I, I don't care about that. I'm talking about 2022. If we can just get 2022 Jair Alexander back, um, we've got a top five top 10 corner hopefully that's okay with you and then um stokes we're still hoping for a second year leap because again he had a pretty solid rookie year not elite but for a rookie it was perfectly adequate i mean he 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 ended better than than lucas van ness is going to end and i have no problem being patient with lucas van ness and saying that he could content go on to have a great career with the packers down the road just whatever stokes had a very good rookie year and then he got hurt, and we got to trade him. Why? 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 Why are we trading Stokes? What are, what are we? What are we doing here? And we're doing this when the team is winning, like things are really going well. And instead of going, dude, and just think what happens. Think how much. Think how much better we get when Jair comes back, healthy, and think how much better. And nope, nope, nope. We're better without Jair. Oh my good lord. I don't think he's gone. Oh. I, let, let me just hammer home this point here. So again, Jair was a top 10 corner last year. The last time we saw him healthy, he was top 10, right? Where's Carrington Valentine at? Let's take a look here. 2023. And I hate to do this because Valentine's doing a very good job, but he's doing a good job for a seventh round pick. He ranks 65th. 
So sitting here saying, well, there's been no drop-off is just freaking crazy to me. We went from fourth best coverage grade in all of football, which is what Jair was last year, the last time we saw him healthy, to a guy that right now, let's see what his coverage grade is. I don't know if that's better or worse, but let's just, we'll go with coverage because it's better for Jair. And obviously that's what matters the most, although people are flipping out about apparently a missed tackle or something. I have no idea. 67th. So you go from fourth best to 67th best. And you're happy with that. You're not happy with Jair. That's not good enough. But Carrington Valentine, who ranks 67th, and and again, to be clear, there's 32 teams. So in order for me to call you a number one, you're top 32. In order to be a number two corner, you need to be top 64. He's 67th. Which would mean he's just outside of being good enough to even start. Of course, there's slot corners included and all that, so fine. He's, 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 he belongs on the field, but he's your third best corner on average. No, I'm sorry. I don't want to trade away Jair for Carrington Valentine. I hope Valentine becomes an, an elite corner. I don't think it's going to happen. I hope he does. I hope everything's great, and he goes out. He's, he's a great guy to have as a backup. But let's freaking pump the... Mm. Okay. You, you'll need it. If, if you're going to move on from Jair, you got to give this guy another year to see if he can work. Mm-hmm. But there, there's that group where the older group and they're just all gone. It's you know, and again, I I I understand this, and I I have ascribed to this to some degree in terms of like there there clearly was a split with the Rogers crew and and. David Bakhtiari and all that, but it was it was mostly a, a fear of like you just don't want that attitude to filter down. You want this kind of young, vibrant, sort of ignorant, if you will, um, I, I, whatever, whatever group of guys that are all wild and hyper and crazy and and just don't know what they don't know. And ultimately, do I think David Bakhtiari is going to negatively infect this group, especially now how hyped they are? I don't. I don't really like it. I don't really want it. And I certainly don't want a majority of the locker room to be filled with this kind of thing. And, and it's a different deal when it's when it's Aaron Rodgers, who is the leader, not only of the of the locker room, but of the entire team, well above and beyond that of the head coach like that. That kind of gets to be kind of a problem. But the whole thing with Rodgers was much bigger than just the attitude thing. For me, I think the biggest thing was just his age. I mean, it's just it's time to go. He's done. He's his his career is done. Like, I appreciate it. Whatever. But now, now we've just gotten to kind of an, an insane level. Like with Aaron Rodgers, it's like, okay, yeah, the attitude thing is bad and you don't want that to filter down. Would it be enough reason if Aaron Rodgers was 25 years old to get rid of him? You're out of your freaking mind. Of course not. Then you talk David Bakhtiari and it's like, okay, well, he's a part of that crew. He's a part of that group. And um, you don't like it. And, you know, at the, it, when you look at all the factors, having sort of that mindset of just kind of being an older guy that got paid and everything else. But also, the fact that he's not playing and probably won't play on that knee, the price tag, and the fact that he's out the door in a year or two anyways, yeah, I don't mind having the conversation of we got to move on from Bakhtiari, because duh, it's going to happen anyways. But if we're cutting 26-year-old Jair because he's too old, what are you talking about? We just don't hand out second contracts? Jair and Stokes are a part of the group? Stokes? When did we draft Stokes? Two years ago? This is some freaking final solution type stuff, dude. We can't just get rid of 
everybody on the team and only keep young people who don't know any better. And what happened? Do we got to get rid of Rashawn? He's got to go. Like anybody that was in the locker room with Rodgers has to go. Does Christian Watson have to go? And what about David Bakhtiari? Has he in fact even has he infected J- Jaden Reed? We got to get rid of him. Like what are we doing here? Again, I don't mind having like conversations about attitude and and how that in, affects people and and some rational steps to take in terms of, you know, I, you know, can 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 this be redeemed? Can we try to get him on the right page? If he's super disgruntled, like, do we have to move him? And what are our options as far as the contract? This is Twitter trolls nonsense, and this is ESPN with one of the more veteran, you know, reporters. And a former player having a serious conversation about trade Jair and and maybe Stokes gets a one-year probationary period to see if he can play. But at the same time, he's a part of that old disgruntled group, apparently, and he needs to go too. What? 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 I didn't know this would be a half-hour rant, but I'm just, I'm as I'm talking about it, I'm losing my freaking mind. What are we doing here? I don't know, and I, 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 I can't even speak. Can't speak, which is frustrating when the whole thing we're doing here is a podcast. But I also, I, I just, I don't understand saying, I mean, I, I guess I get it from a standpoint of his, his, how expensive he is and the expectations. And if you don't agree with PFF and you're like, he's not a top 10 corner, um, or, you know, he's getting paid like the number one corner, so he should perform like it, but that's not how contracts work very often. I mean, you look at the quarterback contracts, whoever's going to get that contract is going to be the highest paid. They're probably not the number one quarterback. They're not going to be the number. You can't expect them to remain the number one quarterback. And also they're going to be supplanted very quickly. Anyways, Jair's contract is going to be like the seventh biggest very quickly. So it's 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 just that's it's a silly way of looking at it. But if you just think he's not a top ten corner, period, and he doesn't play like it, I guess I understand some level of frustration. But I don't understand then saying so we should get rid of him and replace him with somebody who's way worse in Carrington Valentine. What is like some kind of a moral stand against overpaying? We're paying him as the number one corner, and he's playing like the number nine corner. That's not good enough. He's not backing up that swag that he's talking about. He's only a top 10 guy. By the way, hey, swaggy, you're not even playing because you're soft. Like, get out of it. Like, bro, I just... I don't know. I got to come off this, but... um, Suffice it to say, I'm not of the mind that we should trade away Jair Alexander. We're not we're not in alignment on that one. Nor do I think we should trade away Rashawn Gary, which has been brought up to me. Nor do I think we should trade away Stokes, which I have now heard about. Nor do I think, you know, Carrington Valentine and Ballantyne are a great cornerback duo. Nor do I think Sean Clifford should replace Jordan Love. Nor do I think Samore Ture was like an elite wide receiver despite being a seventh round pick, but he had some flashes there. I don't think Rashid Walker is going to be David Bakhtiari. I don't think Josh Myers is Satan. I don't think Sean Ryan is the savior of all things. I mean, these are just the overreactions that have gotten so wildly out of control. Like A.J. Dillon is just the worst thing that's ever happened to human humanity. Up until these last couple of weeks when apparently he's like the greatest running back in history, despite not being all that significantly better, maybe marginally. And Devontae Wyatt is a piece of crap, despite, you know, having a pretty good jump in his second year, in my opinion, with pass rush. Everybody hates him. Lucas Van Ness is a pile of garbage. The guy's, what, 21 years old? 
but we gotta we gotta give up on him. That's that's done. Kingsley was gonna be like uh, Edge too. He was elite. Um, that was a thing earlier this year. <sighs> I don't know. It's just some of this stuff gets gets a little too crazy, and I think this one annoys me even more, partially because it's it's like a super big thing that is becoming, um, like common. Like just you know, a large portion of the fan base, but also seemingly a large portion of the media is now latching onto this nonsense. And and I I say large portion because it's not just those guys. But what about the people asking him questions? Clearly questioning his integrity, asking if maybe he could have played last week. You think maybe he could have played last week? God. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he does hate it here. Maybe he hates the coaches. Maybe he hates everybody and everything. I don't know. And if that's the case, then yeah, you gotta gotta have some uh, discussions about things, and uh, I don't know. Let's take a break, though. All right, We're, let's let's, yeah, let's take a break. All right, so um, boy, oh boy, we'll have to we'll have to address the Giants tomorrow, I guess, because we're kind of kind of short on time here. Got a little long winded. Oh, before before here I go, getting long winded. Um, Eric, the gym owner, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your, uh, Venmo donation. Um, Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. Pleasure to be able to do this. And uh, I just wanted to thank you. I already did obviously on Venmo, but I want to be able to thank you publicly for the donation. That really does mean a lot. If you want to support the podcast again, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can support me there for as little as a buck a month, or just go straight to Venmo at Packernet podcast. Now we'll take a break and then we'll be right back. All right, so today's slate of games. By the way, congratulations to Jaden Daniels for a win in uh, winning the Heisman. Pretty cool. Avid listener of the show, Jaden Daniels. Today we have uh, Tampa versus Atlanta, L.A. at Baltimore, Detroit at Chicago, Indy at Cincinnati, Jacksonville at Cleveland, Carolina at New Orleans, Houston at the Jets, and then the afternoon games, Minnesota Raiders, Seattle, San Francisco, Buffalo, Kansas City, Denver, Chargers, and then the late game is the big game, Philly-Dallas. Um, for us, we probably don't care quite as much, aside from just wanting them to crap the bed and look like garbage so we can continue to believe that, hey, maybe we got a shot here. But otherwise, I mean, it's not like we're going to catch these teams. Not realistically. I don't know. Anyways, I wanted to kind of preface this by going through the... Uh, I used ESPN this time. They've got their playoff machine. There's a couple other resources here. Um, actually, I just found Pro Football Network has one. It's got a simulator, so you can just push simulate. And um, I did it a couple times. I wonder if it'll end up kind of the same. Uh, while that's running, I went through the ESPN playoff machine, and I did every single game. And what kind of just made sense, I did use the uh, Vegas odds as far as it would take me. But after a while, they don't really have odds for some of these games. And so at least not anything official that that I can see that you can bet on. But I just kind of went through and picked what I thought worked out. And so the way I have the NFC panning out, if you just pick the favorites going all the way down the line, San Francisco gets the number one seed at 14 and three. Number two goes to Philly. Number three, Detroit at 13 and four. The number four seed is the Saints at nine and eight. The five seed is Dallas at 12 and five. The six seed is the Green Bay Packers at 11 and six. And then the LA Rams, get the seventh seed at nine and eight. That would put, um, obviously, the 49ers would get a bye. 
Eagles at Rams, or Rams at Eagles, Packers at Detroit, and Dallas at the Saints. So as we go through this now, and let's see what the simulator came up with, they have the Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs. So that sucks. It's <laughs> looking for them. Like, where did they go? Had the Packers at nine and eight. Who did we lose to? The simulator's dumb. Beat the Bears. We beat Minnesota. Lost to Carolina. Okay, well, I'm done with this. Thank you for playing. So my general thought for this Tampa Bay-Atlanta game is to just root for Tampa Bay because they're 5-7, and seven, Atlanta's 6-6. Six and six. That would put both teams at 6-7 and seven, and both significantly enough behind the Packers that they really shouldn't be a factor. Now, with that said, I went back and had the Atlanta Falcons winning every single game down the line, which I did not, and that gave them the fourth seed because they won their division and then nobody else made it in. So the odds that anybody's going to actually mess with the Packers anyway is very limited. Because remember, if Atlanta wins and they win their division and they stamp down Tampa, that doesn't hurt us because we're not competing with the fourth seed. We're competing with all the other guys that didn't win their division but are still trying to get in, and it's not going to come very likely from this division. So this game probably is not going to matter very much. If the Packers end up losing a couple games, it could get a little bit dicey depending on who, what some of the other records are. But as far as I'm concerned right now, I just, I don't, I don't super care. LA and Baltimore is somewhat similar. I mean, LA is somewhat dangerous because they're, they're nipping at our heels, but I've got LA in the seventh spot at nine and eight. Now it would be nice to get a little bit of cushion. So everybody that's kind of competing to get into that, you know, I guess sixth and seventh spot because the fifth spot will go to probably Dallas or the Eagles. Definitely Dallas or the Eagles, I'll just say. It makes sense to root for Baltimore. I, I just, I, I, I guess the bottom line here, and let me just play with this a little bit more. Well, let's, let's go through it. So we want Baltimore to win. Chicago and Detroit, there's no doubt we want Chicago to win. I'm very sorry, but it can help us to chase Detroit, possibly even win the division if Chicago beats Detroit. Not only because it brings us one step closer, which obviously is not gonna be, going to be good enough, but number two, because Detroit actually has a couple tough games coming up, and number three, or at least one against Dallas. Number three, if you lose to Chicago, there's a very good chance you're going to lose at least one to Minnesota, and now we're talking about legitimately the Packers could win the division, and all it takes is this one loss. So Chicago, please find a way to do it. Um, but also remember, Chicago, uh, with basically zero chance of getting into the playoffs at this point, is just playing for draft position. And if they don't have draft position, they just don't have anything. So if they could get themselves from four and eight up to about seven wins, find a way to get three more, get to seven wins, take yourself out of the running for any top 10 picks or anything like that. Again, I know they're probably going to get number one, but still, I don't want them to be able to pair that quarterback with Marvin Harrison or whatever. Indy, Cincy doesn't matter. Jacksonville, Cleveland doesn't matter. Carolina, New Orleans, again, doesn't really matter. The NFC South, I just don't genuinely care. The only thing that matters, and it doesn't matter for the playoffs, but the only thing that matters is I really, really, really would like Carolina to win because the Bears have their pick in the draft. So massive Carolina Panthers fans. Houston and the Jets, rooting for Houston as always because we have the Jets' second-round pick. Minnesota and Las Vegas, obviously we're rooting for the Raiders in that game. Minnesota, not only division rivals, but they are also competing with us for that sixth and seventh seed in the playoff and technically fighting for the division since we have this same record. So we need the Raiders to pull that one off. It is in LA. They did also lose their offensive coordinator. Well, they didn't lose him. He got arrested for DWI. 
he is going to travel with the team. I don't know exactly. But, you know, I'm just saying, maybe it's probably not great. Seattle and San Francisco. I mean, look, Seattle's 6-6, six and six, so they're one of the teams that are competing. So technically, we should be rooting for San Francisco. I'm just saying it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for San Francisco to lose, number one, because I hate them. And number two, again, it kind of just softens that brick wall that seems impossible to get through to get to the Super Bowl. But I guess we should be rooting for San Francisco. That's just my anti 49ers bias bleeding through. Kansas City and Buffalo, honestly, as much as I dislike Kansas City and really kind of don't hate Buffalo, the reason I'm pulling for Kansas City here is the same reason why I didn't mind Detroit, you know, winning after we beat them. If the Kansas City Chiefs lose to the Buffalo Bills in dramatic fashion, if it's like 42 to 12, immediately the thought process is going to be maybe the Packers aren't that good after all, even if that's fake. If Kansas City is able to rebound, as they typically do after these games, again, it might be fake, but it doesn't matter because it just works in our, the fakeness works in our favor. If Kansas City trounces Buffalo, you look at that and say, that's the team that the Green Bay Packers beat. And on top of that, there's a very good chance we're going to be beating the Giants and probably, probably, hopefully not looking like garbage in the process. So you got beat the Lions in Detroit. You got beating the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Then you've got beating, you know, adding a fourth game to your win streak and probably looking pretty good doing it because the people on the other side are not really good at stopping you from looking competent against a backdrop of Kansas City looking like freaking world beater. It's not going to be hard to spin up that media narrative. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of pulling for the Chiefs a little bit. Denver and the Chargers, again, I don't really care. Kind of pulling for Denver just because everybody hated them, but it doesn't matter. Not too many games I care less about. Philly and Dallas, again, when you're talking top teams in the NFC, all I really care about is the I, I, bottom. First of all, I'm rooting for Philadelphia overall. And the biggest reason is Dallas is kind of seen as so San Francisco is like the unbeatable team right now. Nobody can stop them. That's sort of the narrative. Dallas is closely behind them. They're seen as this powerhouse, like just. Nobody except the 49ers who kicked the crap out of them. Nobody can stop Dallas. I heard, I don't remember exactly what it was. I might have even played it on the podcast, but they were talking to a Philadelphia fan and basically just ripping them up and down saying, you know, you know that you're not going to beat Dallas. Like Dallas is just better than you. Even though Philly comes into it with a better record and all that, it's like you just, you know, you know it's over. And even his demeanor wasn't really defensive. It was more so like, I don't care. I don't care. And I think the bottom line is there are serious questions about Philly, right? They're going to coast into the playoffs at, with their 10-2 and two record, but there's serious questions about, you know, what can they actually be? Are they as good as people, you know, this, that, you know, Jalen Hurts questions and the defense questions. And again, as a Packer fan, I like that because you look at it and go, you know, if we're at our best, who says we can't beat Philly? If Philly beats Dallas, you can't help but question Dallas. And now we can sit here and say, hey, if we get into the playoffs, we know we can beat teams like the Chiefs and the Lions. And maybe Philly at their best is better than the Packers at their best. Maybe. Fine. But you can't tell me that we can't beat Philly. And if Dallas falls to Philly, you can't tell me that we can't beat Dallas. If you want to still tell me I can't beat, we can't beat the 49ers, fine. We'll, we'll cross that bridge on another date. But I'm just checking off the teams that, once we get into the playoffs, assuming we do, are beatable. Because I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, when we won the Super Bowl, there was no chance we were winning that Super Bowl. In my mind. There's no chance we were even getting into the playoffs. And then we got into the playoffs. 
And then we were not going to beat Philly and we beat Philly. Right. And on and on and on and on. Like we're, there's no way. And then it was like, even if we get to Atlanta in Atlanta, no chance you beat that team. Nobody beats Atlanta in Atlanta. That's the brick wall similar to the 49ers. Unbeatable. And we stomped the living crap out of them. Now, I understand Aaron Rodgers had been there for a while. Like, it wasn't year one and all that stuff. It wasn't very far into it. But this is just my thought process. If Philly beats Dallas, that's now another thing where it's like, I feel like maybe we can handle business. I'm just saying. And then we'll just go on to Monday, Tennessee, Miami. Nobody cares. Again, I would like same exact thought process. Miami is just this powerhouse. If Tennessee can knock them down a few pegs, I appreciate that. That's all there is to it. All right, simple enough. I want to get to some calls here because I want to try to get as many done as possible. Might be a good idea to kind of cool it on the calls because I don't know that we have, I mean, we're going to do this and then tonight we're going to do another Packernet after dark and then we're cutting it until after the game, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But we got 15 calls and uh, we're only going to get through like two here so uh actually we got one from omar we'll do the two from nate and then we'll call it i think but anyways omar what's going on man what's going on omar Firefighter? how y'all doing what's up uh sorry if i'm low i'm been sick lately uh and i still went to work so you know it is. and i understand in wisconsin it's very cold but yesterday it was uh a low of like 24 yeah, it's it not was fun. a fire, and I was outside, and I'm pumping, and whew, I think I was out there about four or five hours, and I was already kind of sick. <laughs> but anyway, it's a package show. I want to shout out Jordan Love. Congratulations on, as you say, clearing the hurdles that me and Ryan keeps putting in front of you of what we need. So now all I need is you to be uh, all-pro, five-time Super Bowl champion of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. That's the next hurdle I got for you. Um and number one QB in the NFL for the next ten years. How about that? No big deal. Put that hurt a lot there. Jump over that one, sir. Um also want to tell you Ryan, good job for bringing all those pack of fans together. We got calls from all across the world and we're enjoying and it's nice to hear people happy. Um hopefully this gets played before Sunday, hopefully. But uh it's making me feel better, even me being under the weather here and how happy everybody sounded. Um, and I just wanted to say, like I said. Sorry for not being happy today. <laughs> that's my bad. It's just like listening to my family. Um, that's what y'all are to me. And uh just want to say thank you guys and girls for uh, supporting the show, Packing That, Pop, Packing that Podcast. And I can't even talk because I'm so... Uh, under the weapon. Anyway, um, but I really think we need to do something about getting some recognition for our team as far as, you know, coach of the year, GM of the year, comeback player of the year, I mean, offensive rookie of the year. Like, we got a lot of opportunities that I think we need to start voting on. So whenever it comes up, we need to start spreading that word and talking to everybody. And getting this uh, thing going. So, anyway, go pack, go. Um, hopefully, next time you hear from me, I'll be feeling perfect. So, all right, talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, dude. Sorry you're feeling down. I uh, appreciate the kind words, and I agree. It's it is like a little 
Sounds stupid to say, but it is like a little mini family, I guess, which is, uh, it is nice. And it's uh, cool to be able to facilitate it. I'm not, I'm not really doing much more than facilitating it, you know, I'm just providing the platform, I guess, for everybody to come hang out. But I, I, I do like that there is starting to be some, some recognition. And I would be kind of surprised if this continues and somebody doesn't win something. It'll probably be coach of the year if I had to guess. I'm thinking that'll be the one, but um, we'll see. Again, I, I just, I, I, that little voice in the back of my head keeps keep that little alarm bell keeps going off in the back of my head, hearing myself say these things and then imagining the Packers laying an egg and losing to the Giants and being like, oh, I said all this stuff and you're stupid or whatever. But um, just just there's an asterisk next to every one of these things. All right. Just understand that's so why I have to keep repeating myself. Hey, it's Nate. Um, I have a couple more prospects for you to look at. One okay. uh, is another later round. Um, offensive lineman Troy Fontenew, yeah. and then uh, my 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 guy. I'm going to keep saying that until you look into it. So, um, Kyran Amengil at Yale. Go Peku. That's hilarious that you mentioned Fontenew because we just looked at that guy. How do you say the guy's name? Amigail? bro. A M E G A D J I E. Come on, man. You guys are just doing this to mess with me. Kyran. Amagaji. Amagaji. That's not what you said. Hold on. I don't want to play what you said again. Because you did not say hey, that. You keep saying that until you look into it. So, um, Kyran Amagjil. Amagjil? You don't know what his name is. You just made that. Amagjil? You just slammed a bunch of consonants together. Don't even act. <laughs> you guys are screwing with me right now. All right. Let's, uh, let's look at him uh, pretty quickly here. Wonder if I have any Yale offensive line stuff. Let me just check. I would doubt it, but I'm wondering. Nothing from Yale. All right, so we're just going to lean on PFF then. But uh, let's see. Dude is six foot five, three hundred and eighteen pounds. Um, left tackle for Yale. Been there for three years. His grades went from a sixty-five to a seventy-three to an eighty-three. You know, I love that climb. His run blocking took a big upturn this year, although 2023, he only played four games, so I don't know how much to lean into that. Um, pass blocking took a big jump in year two, kind of went back in year three, but again, year three is just four games, but still a 79.4 grade this year, 88 in 2022. That's tough, man. I wonder if that's one of those things that they're going to look at 2022 in particular and just to kind of identify what he is. By the way, he did play primarily left guard in 2021, so there is some positional flexibility there, which you know the Packers are going to like. But, I mean, he fits he fits the prototype. If you just disregard the fact that he was a good run blocker in three games this past year against Holy Cross, Cornell, Andy Bernard School, and uh, Morgan State, then you probably would just lean into the fact that he's a guy with like a 80 pass blocking grade and a 65 run blocking uh, run blocking and just say that the guy is he's a packer he's made for the green bay packers again i can't i mean maybe on youtube they got something i can't watch like all 22 or anything oh yeah youtube yale offensive line versus holy cross defense eh, i'll watch it why not how long is it a couple minutes all right so i watched one play so far and i'm i'm just i had a question coming into this and that was how do you know Kiran Amgamjimji. How do you know this guy from Yale? Do, do you go to Yale? How would you know about this guy? And then I watched one play, and he's just mugging the guy, and I'm thinking, this guy's got some highlights out there. I'm thinking that, like, some real deep divey 
draft people have been talking about this guy, have posted a few clips, and I bet this guy's got highlights of just smashing people. I don't know that, but I mean, he he looks, maybe it's just a small offensive line. He looks like he's 6'8". Like if, if I had to guess without looking at this, I would have said he's probably 6'8", 330. He's not, but he just, he stands out as a big man and um, he just looks unbelievably violent. Looks exactly like the kind of guy that I would like. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't want to sit here watching, you know, 15 plays and and try to judge the guy too much. I, I, I would say that he seems to be a very strong and very powerful dude. The balance, in my opinion, seems not great. He always looks like he's falling over. <laughs> like... But, you know, maybe he's one of those guys you want to kick inside. You know, 6'5", 318 is maybe a little taller than you'd like for a guard, but it's doable. Maybe you put him inside and just let him maul people. I don't know. Good Jake Chavink question. Again, I don't want to sit here and talk about this dude's got no balance after watching like 15 plays, but I appreciate a big violent mover. One of the more fun tackles to watch. I mean, he just went up to the next level and he was like shot out of a cannon. Like he ran as fast as he possibly could, which actually looked surprisingly fast. Dude, that linebacker killed somebody. But he just, he went and just leveled a linebacker, which I, I again, I, I just, you know, one of those guys, if we drafted him, I would just immediately love the guy. I just, I don't know. It's just that whole balance thing that kind of has some questions. He is currently projected as the 122nd best player, which would put him where? Fourth-ish round? It's right in the sweet spot, man. We, we get this guy in the fourth round. You know he's he's going places. All right, Nate, call number two, and then we're out of here. Hey, thanks, Eddie. Uh, Nate again. Just wanted to call in for a pretty random reason, but did you know that last year an NFL like legend's son was drafted in the sixth round at cornerback for the Rams? Uh, yeah, maybe I won't tell you who it is, but he's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, just like one of those guys who you watched and like the second that he got the ball, like he just, you just knew the dude was, was special. So I don't know if his, uh, his son is doing too great. Um, they come from a smaller family, so I think he's probably playing the wrong position, but, uh, yeah, it's just an interesting little fun fact last year. Um, I, I totally missed that <laughs> in the, uh, in the draft, but that's interesting. Okay. Is it Ladanian Tomlinson? Because I see they drafted Travius Tomlinson uh, in the sixth round. I, I noticed you said corner, but I don't know that it has to be. Did I was thinking Packers corner, but um, looks like you said NFL legend's son was drafted in the sixth round at cornerback for the Rams. Yeah, so sounds like Ladanian Tomlinson. That's kind of cool. Yeah, fantastic football player, by the way. Who else did they draft? Uh, Mathis? Dude, there was a Mathis, although you said corner, so it has to be Tomlinson. But who was the really good player that was Mathis? Wasn't there a good Mathis? Federian Mathis? I don't think that's him. I don't know. And then they drafted Zach Evans. That could be anybody. There's a lot of Evanses. <laughs> In fact, the very next player was Ethan Evans. But no, I didn't. Uh, let me just verify that before I go on, just assuming I nailed that. What's his name? Travius Tomlinson... American football cornerback for the international football. He played college TCU, received all kinds of Jim Thorpe Award. He is the nephew of Hall of Fame NFL running back Ladanian Tomlinson. There you go. Cue the the more you know music. I would do that, but I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Do, 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 do. All right, folks. Enjoy your Sunday. Get yourself some delicious food. 
I'm making pasta rags tonight. I'm so excited. I was going to make it yesterday, and then I forgot the meat was frozen, so I didn't. If you don't know what that is, it's fine. Nobody knows what that is. Even Google doesn't know what it is, but Italian place by my house makes it, and so I'm going to try to recreate it. Um, very excited. I know it's not like football food, but I don't give a crap. But enjoy your football and uh, your stress-free football, and I will talk to you tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.